Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the another edition of the Walker AC Experience for the month of May. I am your host, Walker AC, and to you, my friends, yes, you are still my friends. This is Adrian coming to you live from digital download to movie theater to sound quality to torrent bit download. This is I once again. And, of course, to accompany me on this journey, this vast journey of knowledge. Well, he's the more intelligent one than I am. I think it really well. Uh, welcome, my co-host, Kevin Yu. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? What is going on, everybody in podcast land? Oh, it has been another uh, good week, good month, good year. We're still surviving. How is life treating you on the uh, Kevin side of the world? Well, it's a slog, but, you know, as they say, if you're going through hell, keep going. Or, I mean, if you're going to go through hell, you know I mean? Go with gasoline britches on, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> britches is a funny word. I think it's very southern, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's kind of a southern thing. I mean, I'm from up north, but coming down to Florida, I've heard tons of things like britches and undercarriage and stuff like that. And, Grant, I think britches is still underwear of boxers. I'm still kind of not too sure. Also, drawers. Drawers. I heard that once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really wouldn't know what to say if a lady's like, hey, pull down your drawers. I, no, no, I think I leave the room on that one. It's... I would say, don't you mean pull out your drawers? <laughs> <laughs> you see, at that time, puns aren't really the most sexual thing for her at the time. So I think I might have to, might have to scale back on that one. Um, eh, depends. And that's true. Now, <laughs> I may mention earlier that uh, my podcasting listeners here and, and uh, the Walker AC universe here, um, that I referred to Kevin as my co-host. So, um, of course, to pull the cat out of the bag here, Kevin is my new co-host. See, there you go. Simple, painless, various thing. Um, reason being is because I do this show once in a great while. And I only do this show when I have something to say whether it be something positive or, or silly or whatnot, because it always has a great message in the end. Um, the previous show, The Out of Context, is a uh, potpourri, a hodgepodge, if you will, of just misinformation, silliness, NC-17 stuff, and just various random, just once again, willy-nilly. Um, so I need a good balance, a good straight man, you know, for the show. And I think with... Uh, your enthusiasm, your charisma, your intelligence, you would definitely be a good uh, addition to the show, not taking away from your infamous show, Serial and Beer, which is a tremendous podcast, like I've said so many other times. So I'm kind of uh, honored to have you uh, as my co-host on the show. It is a joy. It is a, another way to express myself and spread my wings and to really find my voice in another way. I think there's, there's room, you know, it's like, a a person really grows when they really put themselves out there when they try new experiences you know as i love so on bear but this is a great new venture as well i can do more than one thing at a time <laughs> I, <laughs> I i i truly have faith in you uh, in that aspect so um yeah. go ahead what were we gonna say oh well um 
you know, today I'd like to introduce our topic. Um, it is, well, first topic usually kind of just goes anywhere, which way we choose, but that's the nature of good conversation. So the topic I'd like to introduce today is about toxic positivity. I realize that this podcast is about the, the brighter side of things being positive, but there is such a thing of, as toxic positivity. Now, Adrian, have you ever heard of this term? Never have. Um, so I definitely need to be spoon-fed some information about it to draw a good uh, opinion about it. Alrighty then. Toxic positivity is basically being positive to the point of being um, lacking of empathy. The way, one of the ways I've experienced positive, positive, toxic positivity was when I was working in retail. One of the assistant managers was toxically positive, just very cheery and bubbly and during any circumstances, despite how you personally were feeling, despite the circumstances. And so it's kind of like, why aren't you so happy too? It's like having a cheerleader in your face when they're, they're at 11, when they should be more at the seven. Gotcha. So it's, it's more or less like a false positivity. Um, someone, you know, it's like someone being happy and it's not really real. It's, you know, like kind of a way to put a bandaid on something, you think? That could be a way to interpret it. You know, I think that there's a good definition as well. It, it could be also just somebody that is just so positive that they can't understand how other people cannot be at that level of positivity. So, excuse me. But yeah, that's the situation that that happens. Like somebody just like, you know, rainbows every day and everything's amazing. 24-7, just get a big old smile on your face. And that's just how life is all the time. <laughs> See, I can kind of relate to that a little bit. Um, I am positive, uh, you know, a good chunk of my life, but I'm not in the overly, overly cartoony, overly exaggerated, you know, exaggerated, you know, Barney-esque, you know, you know, type of positive. And, oh, yeah, I've, I've definitely seen that a lot, mainly in the workplace, you know, where, you know, like Bob, the manager, is just overly excited about everything, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can, just like you said, I mean, you can have a bad day and there's zero empathy in that, you know, because, you know, his positivity is going to outshine everything to a point of just being nauseating. So, yes, I agree. And I feel that um, in the American culture in general, like positivity is a valued thing. Just, you know, it's like being a go getter, energetic, being very friendly and bubbly and being like motivated just like by you know like that inner sunshine in your heart <laughs> and <laughs> but then when you really think about empathy empathy i think takes more finesse and it's more powerful and takes more bravery for when you have empathy you're willing to be with people in their darker moments to be with them to experience those hardships to really understand and to be fearless of their pain and really feeling it with them to sit with them you know during a rainstorm and not a lot of people i feel have enough room for that in their heart sometimes or maybe it's just inconsistent now i'm going to play devil's advocate here because toxic positivity is a really new term to me and it really kind of touches me a little bit because of my outlook on life 
and it has been for the past uh, couple of years. So in saying that, having empathy for someone is a tremendous thing. But there does become a point where they, their misery or what they're going through may try to subconsciously drag you down as well. So aren't you worried about their misery dragging you into their abyss? That is a very valid point. And that, um, yes, there's that saying, misery loves company. And that when it's kind of like, you know, venting leaves us more venting. And if, you know, that's why boundaries are important. That's why, you know, if someone refuses to, to see anything else other than their own misery, then you have to have that boundary. And you have to be like, okay, you know, like, oh yeah, you can complain for 15 minutes, but after that, you're done because you're just, you'll be just ruminating on it. You know, ruminating is also a very dangerous thing. Ruminating, just going through your pain and, and bad experiences over and over again, it's, it's unhealthy. And I think it's just, as someone that has to put effort into positivity, it's almost like a weird comfort to be negative. It's a weird, because I think it, it's like when you're negative, you don't have to get your hopes up to get them let down. You keep them low so you don't get them let, let down. But, you know, as we've said before in, our, in this podcast, that it's healthier, and I think you get, better, you get better results when you do have hope, because what is life without hope? And when you have, you know, when you can exercise the empathy, it's, it's with the intention of lifting them up, not just seeing them in the pain, because, you know, it's kind of like, imagine something that fell down into a ditch. They're down there, and, you know, if you get arrested them, sometimes you gotta get down there and the hole with them. And then you gotta, and the aim is to, you know, be able to climb out together and not just sit in the hole together. Of course. And it's interesting to, to talk about this because certain things you have to have a balance in life. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking when it comes to happiness, my belief is that, of course, you, know, you can share that happiness with someone. You can't make the other person happy. You can add to their happiness. Um, but if they, see their, if they see themselves in a certain position, in a certain, uh, you know, like deep in despair, and they don't want to be pulled out of, the toxic uh, positivity really won't affect them at all. You know, um, either they can fake it, you know, uh, they can fake the positivity to try to make you feel better, or just like I mentioned before, they will try to drag you down to their depths because they really don't see the proverbial you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so to combat something like that, I mean, do you think that positivity will work or do you think it's best to have the self-preservation? Well, oh, the, you know, the unsatisfying answer is it all depends and that I believe that you can't help people who don't want to be helped. This is kind of like everybody wants to, you know, be healthy, but you really have to have that motivation and be willing to take the steps and to be dedicated and to accept the setbacks to make, to get to where you want to be. And so I do believe that sometimes you have to be explicit and say that, you know, this is, you know, I can hear you out, but what is our goal? Like, is it just a complaint? It, it's not because, you know, complaining is just, it's kind of a weird sort of fun, but where do you get, 
where you know what, what happens afterwards. You just you know where you you've you've been, and so again, boundaries is also are important because you you can't just let somebody you know rain on you all the time. It's about you know being constructive. I think a lot of times that we don't realize that we're we're doing these these things to people, and that you know it's when you're when you're just feeling despair. You want to get out of it. You don't want to just sit there in despair. You don't want to just let it become your story. Of course, and to kind of, to kind of piggyback on that is all goes back to when you're so positive, you want to go out and help people, and you want to go save people. It's you know it's just a natural thing. It's you know more and more or less your. I, you know, I don't want to say um, you know, biological. I don't want to say that because that's mm-hmm. no, that's that's not part of it. It's just that when you have that uh, positivity, you want to help people. You want to save people. That's that's the major thing that you know that affects you know people who are, are positive because you want to try to save people and you know and, and bring them up to your level. Seems kind of narcissistic. It seems kind of selfish, you know. But when you're at that point in your life where you want to see people succeed, you want to try to bring people up with you. And with the toxic, the toxic positivity, it, it's it's really hard to pull to pull people out of the darkest the darkest times of their life because nine times out of ten they don't want to be saved. And mm-hmm. so once again, like I said, you have to make that decision to be that overly you know happy person. But once again, you might have to risk some of the empathy. Mm-hmm. What I think is a very interesting way to think about it is is the word save. Now, there is a, such a thing as the savior complex that only I am strong enough, smart enough, qualified enough to rescue somebody. And the way that I've developed professionally was to view myself as a facilitator, equip people with the tools, give them the knowledge, give them the support, and that you give them these things. And that's then you put the ball in their hands and say, okay, I'm here to, to boost you up, but in the end, it's your efforts, it's your mentality that will make the difference. I can't be in charge of it. Nobody can do your push-ups for you. And I think if, if people really think, you know, I'm not here to save people, I'm here to positively impact people. I'm not, I'm not supposed to take upon that responsibility. That's not my job, because it's all up to us. We have to be in charge of our own happiness. It really does come down to that. But, uh, but you'd be surprised. Um, you'd be very surprised how many um, people out there are, I see, I don't, I don't want to say the strong word of blaming, um, mm-hmm. you know, but, but the people who are um, stuck in their misery or wallowing in the deepest, darkest spirit mm-hmm. of their lives, they are comfortable in that. And anything yes. to try to change that will truly rattle them, even though it's something positive, you know, not to go off on a whole nother, a whole nother tangent, because I'm going to circle back mm-hmm. around. Um, but when it comes to that, there has to be a certain level of accountability, you know, for your own happiness, for your own misery and stuff that stuff of that nature. Um, it's uh, a glaring um, example of that is the toxicity, whether it be positive or, or negative in a relationship, because you do have that one person that, that wants to help, that has the empathy, that wants to, you know, to, to pull somebody up, but the other person once again, wants to drag you back down with, with no accountability for their own actions and how their own feelings and their own lot in life. So 
my question to you is going back to that full circle, um, being that being that positive, being that happiness, and want to bring people with you, sacrificing the empathy. Do you just let go of that particular person because they don't have the accountability for themselves, and you just continue to have that happiness about you, even though you know it may make people sick to their stomach? Well, I well I think it is when if, if you can you know reframe it again. Um, it's being, you know, being happy without being empath empathetic, you know, it's, it's, it's almost being like, like a, you know, a, a, like a character on a kid's show, you know, it's being a two-dimensional person, uh, but then, you know, to also directly address your, your, your query, it is, it is like, it's almost dealing with an addict and, you know, I'm not sure if you ever, you know, have encountered people in your lives that are true addicts. And that, you know, they are trapped. They have this disorder that they're going back to this this habit that brings them pain because they can't cope with something else. And they, and again, if you're going to kick addiction, if you are, you have to f want better for yourself to make, to choose to make that step every day, no matter how small, to make that progress. And if there are, even if there are setbacks, you've got to keep trying. Because you gotta know that it's worth it, and that you know, kicking any sort of addiction at all is no small feat. But to even have that poison mentality, I think that's almost akin to an addiction. And you know, I don't know what your experience is dealing with people with that addiction. You know. I see. So, what is the line? Meaning, how far would you go to pull someone out of the depths? Well, um, first, it kind of depends on my relationship, and it's also kind of putting responsibility on them, and that I've, a lot of things in, in life are a lot harder when you care, but when you don't care, it's like, I think of my job, it's like, man, this job is so much easier if I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> when you're just like, yeah, whatever, these people are just, are just you know, numbers, but it is to the point where like you have to be able to realize that again you're not their savior you're not in charge of fixing their lives you're not there to make them personally successful you're there to equip them and that you can do as much as you've done but at one at some point you gotta think okay i spent this amount of time these amount of resources they still don't want to make the progress they still don't want to take responsibility then that's just it and I gotta move on and I've done that before professionally and it kind of helps me personally because you think you know I've tried 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 and there's no progress because they themselves can't take up responsibility or they just have bad luck and whichever way the ratio is I don't know but you know if you can't make that progress and they still want to just bring you down you may have to step away and I agree with 100%. Now, to swing it back around to the original topic at hand, because I don't, I didn't mean to go off on a whole different tangent about that, because there's so many layers attached to that. Um, where have you witnessed most of the toxic personality uh, positivity at, other than, you know, myself, of course? Well, Bad joke. positivity. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it just occurs uh, in certain groups of people. I think it occurs in certain subcultures, and you know, like you know, like in some workplaces where it's just like, oh, you know, you it's okay to work, you know, overtime. You know, you're you're doing things, or just like sometimes imagine like jobs that have to do with child child care, like look at difference you're trying you're making with kids think of the kids up the kids don't let the kids suffer look at them when like, you're just completely burnt out and you're done and that's just like trying to like make you feel good about having children but the sacrifice of your own well-being and that's not right interesting very interesting way to put it because like i said i, I, I never heard of this before and so i never really knew that something like that is i mean could be a detriment you know, um, to, you know, to to most people, so um, I'm, I'm I'm very intrigued by that. And what what other what other examples do you have for that? Because, because I do have one question for you. Um, you know, once I mean, once we exhaust this topic, I'm I'm kind of curious. Sure. Um, an, an analogy that you may want to consider is like rich people. It's like you know, rich people just walking around the world. You know, like spending money like there's like there's no tomorrow, and just like you know throwing $100 down for dinner is no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're in that certain mindset. It's like, why aren't you rich too? <laughs> what do you mean you can't afford, afford a new car this week? Why? Did something happen? It's kind of like <laughs> being that kind of like very privileged mentality, being comfortable there, which robs you of the perspective of other people who are not rich. Gotcha. So pretty much they have their own kind of echo chamber, you know, when, when it comes to something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So my question to you is... I'm a very positive person, you know, because just the way life was dealt to me and how I choose to handle something like that. I never knew that it could be a detriment to, to life itself or to other people. So the thing is, would you rather have that outward positivity that, you know, to the, empty, to the umpteenth degree positivity rather than being miserable or being kind of melancholy or being kind of... You know, just, just this any old sort of way with a much more disparaging look on life. If I had to choose, you know, the A or B, yeah, I'd choose positivity. You know, because, like, you know, I'm of a person that has the capacity to be positive. I have that, you know, in me. My default is not. It's like I was raised to be a negative person. And it's been a part of it. it you know, when I'm not careful, it, it comes back. Yeah, but it's like it's having the skills and then being able to to really put myself into my capacity and what will help me. That's what helps me be positive. It's not natural. It takes work. Mm, of course. I mean, being having a certain outlook on life definitely takes work. And, you know, of course, no one's perfect. And you can't be happy 24-7. And it's the only personality type that... You can be miserable 24-7 and totally be okay with it versus being happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think there are, it's, to me, it's a little easier in my experience to find people who are deeply unhappy, who just walk around with like a cloud over their head and like they just, that's their normal and they're so inured to it that it's like, that's just, that's just how things are. And they don't realize that just they're, you know, they have a dark personality. 
Yes, it's a definitely a particular type of personality. And like you said before, it's frustrating, especially for the people that you care about, that you love, you know, knowing they're in a particular place that you cannot save them. And that once again falls back to accountability. And to bounce around a little bit, because obviously I don't want to drop this, but do you believe that a good chunk of society aren't accountable for their actions anymore or that they feel I hate that word feel but you know that they feel that not um, they, they, you know, they don't have the accountability for their you know for their lives anymore that is, that's all other people's faults well it's it's really hard to say it's so difficult to make a sweeping generalization because it comes with nature and nurture are we raised to be a certain way but are there factors in our in our lives that that you know shape us you know even your temperament is is written into your dna a lot of your personality is kind of written the capacities that in, that live inside of you your dna you know are, are in you and so do you live in an environment that nurtures you to to react through your dna or does it help shape you to be a different person than not to be completely dictated by your genes so it's a it's a great grand question and sometimes we don't know. In a way, we're all strangers unto ourselves. And for those that don't really truly have self-awareness and, and, and think, or you have, the, have the space or the, or the breathing room to really examine ourselves from a different perspective, it's a lot harder. Hmm, I understand that. And you mentioned about their upbringing or their, their area and stuff like that, but, but, but wouldn't you think that Okay, person A grew up in a very rough neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, person B grew up next to him as well. So person A begins to be self-aware of the surroundings, take, accountabil- take accountability oh. for their actions as far as, okay, this is where I'm at, and I know I need to get out of this particular situation, you know, for my mental health, for, for everything around me, for the people I love, and they change the, and they change their scenario, and they leave. Person mm-hmm. B you know, is like, okay, this is a rough area, there's nothing I can do, and it's the, it's the rough area's fault that I'm this way now. Mm. You know, so... Uh, oh, but go ahead, please. Oh, well, it's... It's understandable for both ways, you know? A, a certain... Uh, a shift in my mindset I've had, you know, pretty recently is like, sometimes it's not A or B, it's not C or D. Sometimes both people can be right. For example, like in the, I don't know if you saw Moon Knight, but there's a part in the in the show where one character was a psychologist said like, look at this pencil. To one person, one person it could be worth a million dollars. This could have been something really like personally valuable to them that they can never be another one in their life. Whereas another person, it could be completely worthless because it's one amongst a million other pencils and they can be both correct. So, again, you know, a lot of, I'm not giving a lot of really solid, satisfying answers, but I think both can be correct in this situation. No, and I can agree with you. And, you know, these are one of these topics that can spawn a difficult conversation to have because it's easier to kind of walk through life, you know, what kind of blinders on, Mm-hmm. And always saying, "Well, it's not, it's not me," 
you know, it's this person or it's this environment or it's this job versus having that difficult conversation and looking in the mirror and going, okay, it's me. Or I need to evolve, you know, not change because no one changes, but I need to evolve myself. I need to be a better version of myself and take accountability for who I am, where I'm from, what I do, and not necessarily let society or anything else define me because no one has control over me than me. Mm-hmm. And how much control we have, we don't know. But we have some sort of control. We have some sort of say. We do. And just, you know, uh, you know, it's better to try and fail than never try at all. I just think it boils down to what we mentioned before, a couple of shows before, not to rehash that, but I think it all boils down to, to fear. No one wants mm-hmm. to take accountability for their actions because they're, they're afraid. Um, they're afraid of the consequences. They're afraid of evolving. They're af- afraid of changing their environment because they're so comfortable in what they are and what they have and no one should ever interrupt that. And that's, that's, that's pretty much my belief, you know, whether it be right or wrong, not the first time, not the last time I'll be wrong. Yeah. But I just think if, you know, if we were more accountable for what we do, you know, I think we'd be a little bit better off and the positivity scales may tip, you know, a, you know, a little bit in a, in, in a different way. And I think you're right. I think um, a friend of mine once said that everything you want is on the other side of fear. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And that to take a real honest look at yourself, that takes a lot of bravery. There are some things that you're like, you don't even know you're scared of. You know, it's like uh, everybody wants to have, some people just have this like amazing self-image of themselves of who they want to be, but who they may not, they may not be. And to, to do the work, to think about what am I, is it, am, I, am I scared of change? You know, am I more scared of the pain of change than the, than the pain of the present? And it takes a lot of, of personal work and a lot of like courage to make those fundamental changes that does do require take an honest look at yourself and that's can be quite unpleasant yes uh, it is that fear of failure more than anything because um, I was always told ever since I was little you know if it's if it's difficult then the result is better then the victory is sweeter you know mm-hmm. if, if, if something is so easy everybody can do it if becoming a millionaire was so easy everybody's everybody can do it you know, if it's difficult, you have to make sacrifices, you have to work hard, you have to do all the cliche things to get to that prize. And once you receive that prize, it's a whole lot better. Because if not, if you just wake up, you're like, I'm a millionaire and you are. No, there's, there's really no challenge in it. There's really no victory in it. Because once again, everybody can do it. So what's the point? And I think that boils down to uh, as far as you know, I don't want to change. You know, I, I'm, I'm stagnant in my lot of life because I don't want to see what's on the other side of that door because I'm going to rely on the what ifs. You know, what if it sucks? What if it's difficult? You know, what if I fail? Stuff like that. They just don't want to take the extra step because it's so easy to, to just stay where they're at. And it's really frustrating for positive people that want to see other people succeed if they don't want to do it, which kind of goes in full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it takes 
it takes that kind of like courage and that kind of like aspiration. I think I want better for myself. It's like really, as we talked about before, having that self relationship thinking like, you know, you got to treat yourself as your best friend. It's like, what I want my best friend to do this for himself or herself. What I want them to see that do that, you know, try almost like kind of see yourself in the third person. And when you realize that, when you realize that this is what you want for your, the people that you love, you should do that for yourself. And that's, you know, and really think of it that way, I think it would make things a little easier. Yes, and I agree. And I believe for a good chunk of us, no, I don't want to, no, I don't want to do that. I want to say for all of us, I think that we need to be alone, you know, by ourselves for a brief period of time to really discover who we are. Um, because not that it's a bad thing, but when, when you're in a relationship or when you're living with family or living with roommates or something like that, you never really find out who you are until you're really by yourself to find out what your likes and dislikes are and also to have that uncomfortable look in a mirror because no one else is around you and you can see yourself bare and naked personality-wise and find out what you need to evolve versus what you don't. And like I said before, I think that not a whole lot of people do that. Not a whole lot of people want to do that and they remain stagnant. And that's why, you know, certain parts of society is the way it is because no one wants to take that risk or really um, worry about that failure part because fear is imaginary and and failure is mandatory. Failure is truly mandatory because if if you don't fail, you know, you're not really making any effort. Right. And I also think, okay, a good example of, of what you're talking about is lockdown. Now, the lockdown was so unpleasant for so many people because I think it really stripped down your life. You can't, you know, for some, a lot of people, they couldn't work. They couldn't go and do things they want. It really forced them to sit there, and especially if they were alone, or just to re-examine their relationships with people. And then, it, that, I think that made people really uncomfortable. It drove them crazy because it took away things that it really stripped down your life to you and yourself. Now, People could have took the opportunity to think, okay, well, what do I do with this? Do I turn, do I take some time to self-reflect or do I just drown it? Do I just drink myself through the lockdown? For me, and I'll ask you as well, but for me, when a lockdown happened, it was amazing for me. It was tremendous for me because it gave me an opportunity to to really look at myself and to really say okay you know you've done a b c and d and now it's time for you to fix a b and c and d you know you know with who you are and how you move and how you react and find out what your passions are find out what your strengths your weaknesses are improve on yourself day by day by day because with what was going on and we didn't know it was a fear of the unknown so that gave me an opportunity to really make those tough choices and just self-improve because you didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and now once everything cleared up, Tihi, you know, you had a different outlook on who you are as a person, what your expectations are, you know, what your requirements are. So some people took advantage of it, while others, you know, pretty much drove themselves insane being inside their house, which once again a small side note I never understood how people cannot like being in their homes. 
is something you worked hard for. It's <laughs> something that you've always yeah. wanted and you're there and you don't want to be there. I never understood that. But once again, that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. Um, how did, how did the lockdown affect you? Were you able to look at yourself in a different way or did you just take things day by day by day, you know, being concerned about the pandemic? Well, um, well, it kind of, excuse me, the way I did it was that, well, I was by myself in a new area of California, desert. I was just starting a new job literally right before lockdown. Like, oh, oh. So I had to figure a lot of things out. And so, you know, unlike other people, I had to work through it all. And then, but it presented me with unique opportunities to, you know, do my own thing and not worry about, like, missing out on anything else. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to miss out on Coachella because it's not going on. I'm not going to miss out on XYZ, all these imaginary things that I'm like, oh, why can't I do this? Oh, I can't do this. I feel bad about it. And just a thing, okay, what can I do and what will benefit me? That's how I got a little bit better at like doing spiritual practices like meditation and like working out at home for myself. And it was, I think overall, a complete fine, you know, almost beneficial uh, exercise for myself to really just think and investigate. I'm like, okay, well, here's what I can do for myself. Here's something I wanted to just invest into myself, looking into myself. And I wasn't really afraid to do it. I just think I need just the opportunity to do it. And which is a good thing, you know, and I truly hope that most people took advantage of that. But once again, I can't speak for everyone else. So it all goes back to once again, just, you know, trying to to, to evolve ourselves to be the better version of ourselves. And I think that the, uh, you know, you know, you know, that the, that the positive uh, toxicity or to, excuse me, toxic positivity, my bad. I don't, a good part of me doesn't see that as a detriment, but I understand where you're coming from. You know, I, I, I understand the viewpoint on it. So I'm still, you know, I'm still kind of torn between that. And it's definitely something for me to think about. Well, I think you're not lacking in, in empathy. And so I don't think that you, you are a part of toxic positivity whatsoever. You are comfortable with people that are, and you understand people who are unhappy. It's, I think that's just, that's the defining factor. You still have, you understand the human condition is not alien to you because you're so, you know, on this like cloud nine of happiness, or just you're trying to force people to be happy to shove it down their throats. <laughs> <laughs> right. Be happy, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> be happy or I'll beat you. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, you know. I'll your ass, exactly. <laughs> I'll be so happy to you. <laughs> it, 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 it is interesting to hear that term, and that, you know, that's, that's a term I'm definitely going to think about. Um, hmm. So, since you posed a question to me, is yeah. I'm going to pose a question to you. <sighs> What is, and like I touched on before, what, what, what is the balance? Do you think that we must have some sort of, I don't want to say misery, some sort of sadness in our lives to, to, you know, to balance out, you know, to balance this out mainly? You know, um, because when you see a person who's happy and positive all the time, your instant reaction is, what's wrong with them? You know, is there something mentally wrong with them? You know, some, something like that versus... When you see a person that's going through it, or when you see a person that's sad or depressed or in misery, you kind of shrug your shoulders because you expect that. 
And I'm wondering, shouldn't the roles be reversed in that? It's so strange because I think about how messages we tell children. Like, we, we're trying to, like, trying to almost spread toxic positivity onto children. We're like, don't be, you gotta be happy. Don't be sad. Stop crying. It's almost kind of like being toxically positive to them rather than teaching them, okay, I understand that you're upset. Okay, how does it feel? Tell me about it. Then what works for you to get out of that? It's like, we, you know, it's no good to be unhappy, right? And it's kind of, rather than trying to force them to be happy, here, here, I bought you this, be happy. But then you grow up, and then there seems like, you know, you run into things that may make you unhappy, and that's like, that narrative doesn't work whatsoever anymore, and then you, you, you don't know what to do. You're let you're almost set up, to, set up to fail because you just had tons of positivity shoved in your face when you were a child, not and not taught how to deal with your feelings constructively and how to behave. And of course, that goes back into generations way before we were even thought of, um, mm-hmm. because the standard Stepford Wives, you know, kind of uh, home on TV was always the happy family, the happy kids, you know, the mm-hmm. the happy dog and stuff like that. And if it was anything other than that, something was wrong with you. You know, you, right. get, you get locked away, studied, medicated, stuff like that. And now, of course, I'm going to be a total hypocrite and, and, you know, and blame that on society. Personal responsibility, accountability. But that's something how we were raised that a good chunk of us never got out of. Because we wanted to see the happy baby. You know, we wanted to see... You know, like little happy three-year-old Timmy, you know, we would never have, we would never sit down and have that conversation of, look, you know, life is going to throw A, B, and C, D at you. And it's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay to cry. Or it's okay to have a temper tantrum. It's okay. Because yeah. it's so much easier to shove the proverbial candy in our mouth and go, it's okay, shush, be happy, take yeah. this. And so, just like you said, you're right. As we grow up, we're conditioned to, okay, something sucks. We're going to push it down and just be happy and power through it instead of dealing with it. Right. Or just expect, yep, that sucks. And that's life. Life sucks. It's like, hey, get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, we don't, we don't have that experience until way later in our years. And as we have those experiences way later in our years... Then we get the ideal, some of us get the ideal of, oh my God, this sucks. You know, what's, what's, the, what's the point of being happy? What's the point of looking forward to this? And then that's where just the ongoing misery comes from. And there isn't a positive person that can ever, ever pull you out of it because once again, you're used to it and you're stuck with it. And you don't want to change it because it all goes back to the fear of change. Right. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's easier that way. It's a lot easier, and it's it's like a weird comfort, and so we all have to ask that questions of ourselves, like all well, the things that we do. I mean, to be extremely transparent to to you and everybody's listening, that I'm losing my vision. I've got two diseases that are robbing me of my vision, and it affects me deeply mentally. Sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy. But I have to take up the fight for myself. I have to take care of myself. I have to do it. Because I, 
I can't go down the road the route of insanity. I can't. Because I have to keep thinking. There's a life after vision loss. There's happiness. There's a lot afterwards. It's not the end. It's a transition. And if I can keep embracing that and keep thinking I'm working towards it, even if I fail flat, if I, you know, completely fail, it's what I need to do because that's the, old, the, the best way forward. I'll be completely hamstrung and just lose my mind, quite literally, if I don't. And that's the path I have to take. You know, and like, I'm not on it by myself. I got so many people that love me, so many people that are rooting for me, so many people that care, that want the best for me. And uh, I'll, you know, I'll go down swinging. This is the path I'm taking in my life. Yeah, because, um, because, you know, we, we, we have to keep moving. You know, we just have to keep moving. And, and like I said, so many times at nauseum, it's so easy to be miserable. So easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy to, to lay back on bad news. It's easy to go, oh, I expected it. You know, but it's, it's, it's uh, more difficult to power through things and to see the good in things and the positivity in things no matter, no matter what you're raised on. Because mm-hmm. it's just, just like I said, the blank, the blanket of misery is so comfortable. It is so mm-hmm. so comfortable. It takes a very you know, it, but it takes a very a very special not no not special no one's special. It takes a very you know you know it takes a very evolved uh, group of us to you know to kind of see the light and just keep on pushing. And I kind of paused for a second because I kind of got choked up. I'm not afraid to admit it. Kind of got choked up a little bit because. Out of all the BS in life that you let get to you, you know, my friend, my best friend, my co-host, the guy I love dearly, is losing his sight. And, you know, it just chokes me up in the inside because I can't save him. See, it all kind of ties in together a little bit. But, you know, I, you know, I know that, you know, that you're, that you're strong enough for the, for the both of us. You know, and, and, you know, that's something I can't even, can't even begin to commend you enough. You know, not like you're a freaking superhero or anything, (laughs) but, you know, but, you know, but, but the fact that, but the fact that if you can be positive and pull yourself out of a hole like this, you know, why can't the next person who's having a bad day or why can't the next person who has a flat tire, who's just losing their mind. You know, it, it, I mean, each situation is different, you know, but once again, I believe that, you know, if we have a certain assemblance of, you know, self-awareness and, and positivity, life wouldn't be that bad because the old saying is it, it can always be worse. And I totally dislike saying that, but it, it's true. Well, you know, it's, um, it's like, um, to comment real quick on disability, it's like sometimes it's not about being saved. Sometimes it's just bringing equity to the person, you know, making sure that they can function in the world and find success in whatever they dictate as success. And I really appreciate your care. You know, that means a lot. It's part of what keeps me going forward because, you know, people love me that much to, to care that much. And that, you know, like, Sometimes I do feel like people need to be ground down to their fundamentals. Sometimes you need to like face the rock bottom. Your face needs to be down the mud. 
in order for you to make that pivotal change. It's like, are you going to, are you going to get up or are you not? And there's no two ways about it. In a lot of ways, a lot of things in life, there's like a lot of gray. But once in a while, it's just A or B and you got to choose. And so which one are you going to do? Yeah. Because, I mean, I believe that a good chunk of us have, have had to have that uh, moment of clarity. You know, either you're going to just lay there or you're going to get your butt up and you're going to keep on fighting no matter how much it hurts, no matter how much it sucks. You know, you lose something, but you have to focus on the other stuff that you have, and most people don't do that. You know, and once again, I think it's a very select few of us that can say, okay, this sucks, but this doesn't suck over here, or this little bitty part doesn't suck either, so let me try to focus on that. And once again, I think these are the little bitty things that that gets lost in the shuffle of life without being too preachy. (laughs) You know, I think that, you know, I think that, that once again, we just forget about the little things. Yeah. I mean, it's because we forget to put in the effort, you know, it's like it, it's the little things like, you know, like taking a walk after dinner, you know, after a certain amount of time, it's going to add up. Yes. Yeah, that's true. You know, or like I said before, my past shows, just waking up and just taking just a few seconds just to breathe and just appreciate the little things. Because sometimes other people don't have those little things, you mm-hmm. know, and you want to wake up and shrug your shoulders and give a deep sigh like, oh, I, oh my God, I have to go to work or, oh my God, I have to drive my car, you know, something like that. Not thinking that I have a job, I have a car, <laughs> you know, I have food in my belly, stuff like that. So I kind of roll my eyes when I kind of hear stuff like that sometimes, because once again, I realize that there is more to it than just that. And on the flip side, that I used to be that person too. You know, so. But as we've yeah. gone off on a different tangent, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean, interrupt your train of thought. No, it's cool. Like, and I also believe it's just like building your environment. And to, to go back to you know, nature and nurture, building your environment. If you surround yourself with, with people and things and environments that can help you be happy, help you make the right decisions, I think that's gonna really help you out. For example, if like if you have substance abuse problems, you really shouldn't hang out in a bar, now should you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like or just like to me, like I think a modern problem is, is um political hobbyism and that it's so easy to pick a team and, and, and just go with it and just accept the, the, the negativity and, and, the, and, the, and the mudslinging as, as, yeah, that's cool, that's, that's what I do. But I started thinking, like, it's so, it's so bad for you because it kind of makes the other side turns out to be villains. And, and, and like you're, you're, you're willing to go into tribalism and, and, and not see the other side or think critically because, it, you know, it's your team. you got to go with your team. And it's, it, you know, just like issuing that, just really thinking, okay, what else can I put in my life that will bring me peace and, and, and joy and really being purposeful in it? I think that's important too. Absolutely. And I believe, and not to get really, really dark and macabre or anything, but I believe that most people really don't have those eye-opening events 
until something tragic happens. You know, to where they have to really, really open their mind and go, okay, I get it now. And it took me all these years or it took me some, some debacle in life to go, oh, I get it now. <laughs> but I, but I, you know, I, you know, I just wish most, most people had this um, mentally opening, uh, awakening in their brain to go, hey, this is what I have versus this is what I don't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going through, I went through a really, really difficult breakup quite recently and it's flipped my, my life upside down. But then I, the way Kevin goes, like, I think of all the people that have helped, that have helped me and support me through this really unpleasant transition, but it made me grateful that people that you know, stick out their necks, they really like make sacrifices to, to help me out, to, to get me back on track. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, because if well, something bad happens, or quote unquote bad happens, Mm-hmm. You have to take all that energy and just aim it towards something else. As painful as it is, you know, you have to build yourself up from it. Find something productive to do with that energy. Because, mm-hmm. you know, energy in, energy out. Most people, you know, some people don't believe in the energy thing, but but it, but it's real. I mean, you have to do what's best I for do. you in the most painful situations. Because no matter what you're going through, life is going to keep moving. As much as you right. may not want it to, life is going to keep moving along <laughs> with or without you. Yeah, and you can move along with it or not. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so there are, there are times when like I felt I was mired in the in in the negativity, and I didn't like what it was bringing out inside out of me, and that made me really upset because I'm be you know I was I was not meeting my own expectations of behavior and and and, and character, and that just really hurt me. I kept thinking, like, you know, it's a human thing to do. And if I can forgive myself and just keep trying, it's, it's all all right. Yeah, because in life, that's all we can do. You know, we, 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 we have to keep on trying. And so try as we might, we are going to gonna wrap up a little bit here. But before we do, uh, I want to give you the floor and if there's anything else on, on the agenda or anything you want to get off your chest uh, before we put a capper on this really, really thought-provoking show. Well, I usually just want to help you, you know, whoever's out listening out there, it's like, do, do something intentional that's just for you, that makes you happy. Even if it's something that's unconventional, something that might seem, seem frivolous, it could be just preparing your favorite drink, or planning your favorite vacation. It doesn't matter, because this should be for you. I think including like something like that every day is a great step and great practice towards cultivating that positivity that we've been talking about. Cool. And I really like that. Um, my thing is you matter. No matter what happens in this world, you matter. There's only one of you, and as selfish as it may sound, you have to take care of you first. You have to love you first. You have to respect you first before you can do it for anyone else. And be sure you know your worth as a human being. And keep on evolving. The more you evolve, the better off you'll be. Because the last thing you ever want to tell anyone that you care about or that cares about you is this is who I am, accept it or no. 
No, absolutely not. <laughs> Keep evolving because you because you should not be the same person that you were ten years ago. That is my definition of being stagnant. So I like that. So I mean, um, you know, you and I accomplished a lot today. We changed the world. We cured racism, and uh, we uh, told people how to live their lives by our book. And uh, but anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We. Uh, <laughs> We just hope to provoke thought. We hope to provoke conversation because conversation is a key to anything. Difficult conversations, the better. So I do thank you, my uh, new co-host of the Walker AC Experience, Kevin Yu. And if people want to reach out to you or anything, uh, how can they do so? All right. You know, listening to Cyril Bear, we, uh, uh, my, my real close friend Jeff and I, we do it. Try to do it every month. Um, you know, we post it on our Facebook. We you can find us on Podomatic, on Spotify, on Apple uh, Podcasts, and just you know, really reach out to us there because we love feedback. We love you know trying to comment on people's ideas. Awesome. And how soon would that show be uh, dropping? As the kids would say. Uh, hopefully, real soon. <laughs> this month has been real ridiculous for us. <laughs> Of course, and I will put a link in the description for Syria and Beer. Please go back and listen to their shows. Um, it is, once again, very thought-provoking as two friends having conversation. Natural, normal conversations that will give you a chuckle. That, once again, that will make you think. And you will enjoy every second of it because this is what this life is. Just communication, just friends hanging out. The, um, the older we get the shorter our life becomes and the longer our memories get. So make new memories with people, have a good time, all that fun, fun stuff in between. I'll get off my soapbox now. Come find us under 22 free different apps, whether we're on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, everything in between. Just type in the Walker AC Experience. Give us a thumbs up. Be sure you subscribe to podbean.com. Get those algorithms up. You're looking for a good show to listen to. Just maybe 45 minutes, an hour a day. Come on, put us in your living room, put us on Alexa, everything in between. Kevin, thank you once again for a most enjoyable chat, my friend. Thank you for having me as always. Until next time, folks, take care. <laughs>